Hiring? With Indeed, your search is over. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Chronic Podcast with host Ralph Malbro and featuring bloggers Andrew Juge of SaintsNation.com, Kevin Held of The Team Drops the Ball, and Dave Cariello of Canal Street Chronicles. This podcast is nothing but serious football talk and hardcore analysis. Which four of you would survive the longest in the zombie apocalypse, and in which order would you die? Well, Ralph, no offense, you're going first. Oh, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> the zombies would smell Dave's sugar blood and target him. Yeah. <laughs> They'd get his... <laughs> I don't even have a joke, Dave! <laughs> Dave! Dave smells like nougat! Now here's your host, Ralph Malbrook. All right, welcome to the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Five, <laughs> <Pelican High. laughs> they have 162 beers on tap, Andrew. And you'll and you need all of them. And you will need all of them because of Monty Williams' terrible coaching decisions. Terrible. Pelican House. Nachos. It's all really 51, good. 50, whatever, blah, 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 road. They support us, so you should support them. 25. All right. New City Place Court. City That's place the court. Op- I'm using that as that the opening. We're just going to we're just going to get right into it. <laughs> Pelican House, go there. It's awesome. Um, yeah, we real professional open tonight. Um, the Saints schedule came out. Is Dave eats corn nuts or a dead body? I don't know. I'm eating the Kirkland <laughs> rice crackers. He's no. eating a dead body. Well, Dave. I mean, if, as long as it has sugar on it, Dave would. Eat it. <laughs> Um, the Saints. Crawlings and dead body. Yeah. Before we get to the draft, the Saints schedule came out, and um, just looking at it, uh, it's pretty workable. Like the first month, they go to Arizona, they host Tampa, they go to Carolina, they host the Cowboys. I mean, that's pretty workable. And for the first time in four years, the Saints play a Thursday game at home. Kevin, are you excited for that? They get Atlanta at home on on October fifteenth. Jesus Christ, man. I'm I just uh, – I'm stressed. I'm stressed about this Thursday game horseshit. I'm always stressed about it. Well, the Thursday game – I was reading on some football site this week that the Thursday the Thursday road game is the most unfair thing in the world because 60% of the time the home team wins. And the Saints had been one of the teams that's been the most fucked because they, they, have, played a road, they have played a Thursday night road game four years in a row. Well, they've won the they've won the last two. Yeah, that means the trend is against them. If they'd have had a third one, if they'd mm-hmm. had a fifth one, um, but I mean, Kevin, does the schedule? If the schedule doesn't mean anything if they can't win a goddamn home game, which they couldn't last year. What 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 were they last year at home? Was it three and five? Yeah, with a five game losing streak. Yeah, good times. <laughs> good times. Uh, Dave, your thoughts on the schedule as you as you pound corn nuts. Dave, is Dave there? Mine. Dave. Yes, Dave. yes Dave, thoughts you. The, your thoughts on the schedule? Hello? Yes, hello. Oh, God. Hello? Fuck. Hello? Can you hear me? I can hear you. Hello? 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 Can you hear us? Hello? Your thoughts on the schedule? Hello? Hello? Is anybody there? Um, uh, I, I thought Andrew used a good word earlier when we – before we started the show, he used the word manageable. Um, I thought that was a good word to describe it. Um, I mean, I think all the points are three primetime games. All three of those primetime games are at home. Um, the first half of the schedule is probably maybe a little bit tougher than the uh, second half. One of the oddities, I think, like Andrew pointed out, was like they play Jacksonville, which is an AFTC team. They play them second to last, usually the NFL. You go... You go games out of the way early so that there's 
yeah. There's all right, Dave. You're in a fucking wind tunnel. That's right. yeah. Dave, Dave's got bad Eddie audio even by our standards, which means you need to donate so we can get Dave a microphone. Or when are we? When are we gonna get Dave right, man? I mean, he he's always been uh, in and out. One of these days, we got to figure that out, man. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Shit's, the shit's just unprofessional, Ralph. <laughs> As opposed to the rest of our podcast. This podcast, we've had so much te- technical issues with Skype updating and me trying to get the new computer up to speed. I don't know if this this podcast, we're taping it, but I don't know if it's going to really happen, to be honest. It says it's recording, but God only knows. Um, How's the new computer, by the way? Fantastic. When we get it, when I get it, uh, when I get everything right, the, the Skype they do Skype does an update every twenty seconds, and it just drives me bonkers. I don't know, I don't know what happened. Usually, I, I tell it not to do the update, but this time I must have accidentally clicked it or something, and it just it it did it. And it I I hate Skype. They're like, we added one new feature, so let's fuck everything up that Ralph has with his recording system. Um. But uh, so, Dave, you you were breaking in and out on your schedule. What was your thought on the schedule there? Well, where did where, what did what did you hear? Uh, I, I think we heard most of it. Most of it. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, obviously the Thursday night game that's always, that always sucks to have to you know play on only four days rest. But the schedule starts off um, away home, <laughs> away home, away home, home. Uh, and so Ralph, like you said, there's, there's no long stretch of away games. That's good. Obviously they've got the late week 11 by that's awesome. And, uh, and they really don't have any, any cold weather games. Andrew and I were talking before the show, you know, maybe the coldest game would be that. I think it's either late November, early December against, uh, Carol. Yeah. The Panthers. And I mean, how, I mean, that's not going to be that cold. No, I mean, the one thing is the, the late buy, Kevin. I mean, you say, oh, that's going to be good, but it might not be. You just, you never, you never know when you're going to, you're going to be like, on, you never know when that year you're going to be like, thank God we got the buy in week four. Like, you know, so I don't know necessarily that the late buy is a, is a good or a bad thing. No, I think it's always a good thing. I mean, I just think your, your, your whole team is definitely going to be more banged up later season than they yeah than i'm they with dave the, the law of averages say the deeper into the season you go the more injured you are i i i like i, mean, a, I thing... like a buy as deep into the schedule as possible uh, yeah give me a week okay okay great great donate donate what you can you were probably thinking i'm gonna give a i'm gonna give a couple nickels to the salvation army don't give it to them give it to us i think uh, what dave was saying is he likes to get balls deep with that bye week. <laughs> he likes to get balls deep with the bye week. That should that could be a blog actually. That could be a great name for a blog. <laughs> balls deep with a bye. That sounds like a good fantasy team too. It does. You well, you probably run out of letters. Um. Oh man. Uh, Dave dropped balls, balls deep bye week. No spaces. Maybe. Uh, the Saints don't have any actual news. Um, but the one thing about the. The, the schedule, Kevin, is are you pro or con with the 12 o'clock games? Because a lot of fans are like, yeah, 12, all, we got all 12 o'clock games. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. I like 12 o'clock games. You, 
You I know like, what? I like, no, I like 12 o'clock games. Yeah. I like them. Yeah. Andrew? Yeah, I love them. I mean, I, I feel like my schedule with grading and everything, I got a system down and when it's one o'clock, the stars align, it's easy. And when I've got to deviate from my schedule, um, and deal with a late game or whatever, it's a pain in the ass. And I know that if I feel that way, it's like 10 times worse for the players. You know, we're, we're all, we're all creatures of habit. And, you know, if you can have your week plan the same way, and I think the saints have 12 out of 16 at one o'clock, I think that just makes their life easier. Yeah. I mean, this schedule, it, it doesn't look that, I mean, the, the, the hardest stretch for me probably is when you go October 4th, Cowboys, and you go to Philly you host Atlanta on a Thursday, then you got to go to the Colts the next week, but you get a nice bye, and then you host the Giants. I mean, that to me, arguably, would be the hardest, the hardest stretch of the, of the the, the schedule because you're you're dealing with uh, one, two, three team, three out of four weeks you're playing a team that won ten games. Yeah, it, and it's interesting. Like if if they kind of get through that middle part of the schedule. Uh, the end of their schedule really softens up quite a bit. I feel like that last stretch um, is, is pretty pretty winnable, pretty manageable. So I think if you're a Saints fan, you look at, at the schedule, you can't really complain. I feel like overall, I mean, there's definitely some tough games on there. There's always going to be, but uh, I think can't, you can't really complain about it too much. There's There's nothing that kind of pops out as man that's going to be brutal at all no there's nothing there's nothing egregious like last year where they played green bay on a sunday night and then had to play carolina on a thursday like i mean that that's just that last year was just egregious that's just agree and i know they won both games so people like forget about it but it doesn't change the fact that that's fucking egregious by the nfl to make you play on a sunday night and then play on a thursday like I mean, we 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 think that we think we could, we've identified the easy and the difficult parts of the schedules, but you know, you never know who's going to be good and who's going to be bad. So, yeah. uh, you know, we're just making shit up at this point. Yeah, yeah, Dave. I'm sure the Jags in Week 16 will be playing for a bye. You know what? You know what? You never know. You yeah. never know. Um, that's what made a game. Uh, the draft is a little more than a week away. Uh, Kevin, the Raiders. What? Are they playing the Raiders this year? No. The Raiders. You just I just I just I just needed an excuse to do that. Yeah. So <laughs> uh with the draft, Kevin, what sort of egregious thing do you want to have happen? on the draft. Like you don't need to be a player, you but you just give me a team or something happened that just that's gonna be like newsworthy and people are pointing and laughing or going, what the fuck are they doing? Like Oh, you- oh that's easy. That's easy. Uh for Chip Kelly to trade Sam Bradford and Tim Tebow <laughs> to somebody so he can move up in the draft and draft a fucking quarterback. <sighs> If he something was... involved, just something involving a trade of Tim Tebow would be enough. Kevin, that, don't answer. That would break Twitter, though. Like Andrew, I was thinking like what whatever it would involve, like Atlanta, Atlanta trading up for a pass rusher that ends up being terrible would be the dream scenario. Oh well, that's definitely the dream scenario for us. Uh, but I'm I'm. Personally, keeping a close eye, I mean, if you want a serious answer, just looking at um, news around the NFL, the Phillip Rivers thing, I'm very intrigued by. I don't think he's going to be the quarterback for the Chargers next year. And it's looking like the Titans are interested and maybe the Jets are interested. So uh, I'm curious to see what they give up and where they move up to uh, if they unload uh, Philip Rivers, and then he he may be the quarterback for the Titans next year, which would be kind of crazy. Well, man, I don't. I mean, if you're the Titans and you unload Philip Rivers, and you you've got a choice, but excuse me, between San Diego and the Jets, you got to go. You got to. I mean, you've, if you've got a choice you, between you, you got Titan, that backwards. Titans yeah. and the Jets, you got to go. You got to go Titans because you got to get you can get your quarterback of the future if you well, but then again. If you don't like Mariota, you could get the. I mean, I. What 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 is Philip Rivers cost if you go if it if it's the Jets? Like, is it a couple of number ones? I mean. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I think uh, 
it, it's going to be tough. I don't know. Uh, I don't know what's going to happen. What's a, but... what, what's a name, Andrew, of a guy that if he gets picked, me and Kevin, who don't really quite follow the draft, I bought Mike Dettelier's book, so it makes me a draft expert, but mm-hmm. I haven't but I haven't really <laughs> read it. So what's a name that, like, when me and Kevin are watching the draft, that when he gets picked, me and Kevin should, like, high-five and be like, hell yeah, he got picked, that's good for the Saints, or a player where we're like, oh, fuck, he got picked, that's not a good sign for the Saints. Well, I think Eric Armstead uh, is a guy that you want to get go high because he's kind of, if you look at a lot of these mock mocks, he's all over the place. I mean, there's some mocks that have him in the top five. Uh, there's some mocks that have him falling in deep into the 20s. And he's just one of those prototypical six seven defensive linemen, freak athletes, but he's kind of a tweener. He doesn't have a position that fits him that well, and it's all potential. You know, and so it's basically because he's all over the place because some people love him. Some people don't really know where he fits. And so if you're a Saints fan, first of all, you don't want the Saints to draft a guy like that because we've talked about we want a guy that's NFL ready and can make an impact in his rookie year. But I don't think this guy can. But um, I think you want him to go early because we've talked about this before. Anytime a guy that the Saints don't want to pick gets taken, it's dropping guys down the board. Kevin. I want Roger Goodell to get booed so loudly in Chicago. That Wait, you they, want him to get spooed? Booed, booed. I oh, want booed. Okay. Booed. He, he wants him to get judged. I want him to be a yeah. Ju- I want yeah, him take to take that. I want him to get. I want him to get booed so loud and so long that it makes Chris Berman uncomfortable. What are I don't the know. people from Chicago are pretty nice. What are the what are, Kevin? What are the odds <laughs> that Goodell gets booed? Those, those Midwesterners. Yeah, what are the odds that Goodell gets booed nice and long? Like fifty to one. Uh, man. He's like a metro. Yeah, but Chicago's like the metropolitan Midwest. Like there's, like they're Midwest, but like a uh, more sophisticated Midwest. Well, yeah, obviously, I I. I grew up in New York. I didn't grow up in New York City, and I didn't grow up in Manhattan, but obviously I'm very, very, very familiar with it. Um, and, I, you know, Chicago to me is uh, the nicer, better-looking, cleaner version of New York. So I'm a big fan of Chicago. Um, I've enjoyed their city the number of times that I've been there. And Have you ever been I've there been in the winter? General... No. Well, no. <laughs> what, am I stupid? Uh, I'm gonna say you'd but, enjoy it a lot less. <laughs> no, I know. I enjoy. You know, I've I've been to you know obviously New York and all seasons, and uh, I don't enjoy the winter no matter where I am. Uh, but uh, but I just think they're nicer in, in 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 the Midwest, and and people in Chicago are definitely nicer than New Yorkers. Now, I mean, not everybody going to the draft is gonna be from the area. Obviously, I think there are some fanatical fans that like to travel and go. I'm sure there's gonna be some Jets fans. Uh, in the audience, we can. Why is, why is Goodell to going to Chicago? What was that a reference to? Well, I mean, that's where the draft. That's is. where they're having the draft this year. Oh, that's, where, that's right. Shit, I forgot about that. They would. The the one thing I thought of is as they move it around, like they will never put it in New Orleans because no, because no, no. Get, he, like he will get pelted with. <laughs> even he'll have, to, have to have a safety screen. <laughs> Somebody will get shit faced. Here's the thing. It won't even come close to hitting him. You'll just see a beer bottle on the camera, yeah. just drop in front of the camera, and it'll hit one of the fuck. We'll have to get a new. Com- we'll have to get a new commissioner before our draft comes to New Orleans. Yeah, like, um, so it, we'll get into the draft next week. But so wait, what's the first NFL game of the year? Who is it? It's uh, Giants. Cowboys, I think. Oh, well, no. Well, it's got to be Patriots, right? Yeah, it's Patriots. Patriots who? I don't know. I don't have it in front of me. <laughs> We're prepared. Well, one of our listeners is probably screaming at us right now telling us. Probably. We, we, can't, we can't hear you. I'll go to I e- feel like it was the Giants. The wife is watching the Rockets. Mm. Yeah. Oh, I'm watching yeah. the Islanders. Patriots to host Steelers. To oh, host Steelers. Ooh, ooh, that's a good one. It's a great game for Kevin. You'll have a fun picking out I'm, food. I'm rooting for the meteor. <laughs> the meteor. <laughs> All right, um, we'll get to the draft next week. As, as 
We've talked the, enough about the draft. Yeah. Let's get to the fun part of the sh- best Sean Payton draft pick. Um, round three. Round three. All right, Dave, I'll start you out. Jari Evans, the number one seed, versus Malcolm Jenkins, the number 17 seed. Uh, yeah, definitely Jari Evans. No question about that. Yeah, I'm going Jari Evans. Kevin? Has Hell dropped out? Hell just dropped out. Andrew? Yeah, you hear that Bengal cat in the background that's yelping? Uh, I'm pretty sure he can diagnose the play better than Malcolm Jenkins could. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going with Jari. If peeing on things was an NFL skill, the Bengal cat would be a Hall of Famer. There is no peeing in your pants is the coolest. This cat pees on. It doesn't pee everywhere. It just pees a lot in like two spots. Selective. We have cat diapers to collect all the urine. That's it sounds like thing. you need to have Jackson Galaxy from My Cat from Hell Dude, to your house. Dude, Jackson Galaxy, this cat would fucking laugh at Jackson Galaxy. He'd be like, bitch, get out of here. I own this place. And he would pee on Jackson Galaxy. That's <laughs> This cat This cat is a $3,500 cat. The people that gave us what? this cat, they had a party when they gave us this cat. There's a reason why people would give away a $3,500 cat. So is Kevin still MIA? Yeah, Kevin, no, I'm here. Jari okay, Evans so. or Mal- Malcolm Jenkins, Kevin? Wait, say it again. Jari Evans or Malcolm Jenkins? Jari Evans. <laughs> I think that's a clean sweep. It is. All right, this one I'm taking because it's interesting, and I'm the president of one of these guys' fan clubs. Number mm-hmm. eight, Roman Harper versus number nine, Reggie Bush. I'm going Roman Harper. I know <laughs> – it's probably going to be three to one in favor of Reggie Bush, and I like Reggie Bush too. But Roman Harper, I'll say it again and again, he was a good, very good draft pick in his second round. Dude started for eight years, made Pro Bowls, was consistent. Yeah, he couldn't cover a tight end, but he was a good, good draft pick. And if they would pick two or three Roman Harpers next week, I will be more than pleased, Andrew, who you got. Yeah, I think on one hand, you've got a guy that made two Pro Bowls. You've got a guy that was drafted in the second round and arguably overachieved. You've got a guy that was drafted second overall, did not make a Pro Bowl, and underachieved, I would say, uh, based on the hype that came with him. So, I mean, from that standpoint, I would say Harper, but I'm still going to pick Bush, and the main reason why is I think Bush came at a time – when the fans, the city, the, the organization, they, they really just needed an infusion of excitement, mm-hmm. something to get behind. And so I think Bush, people, we, we were all more excited about Bush than we were about Brees, um, you know, when he first came. I mean, he was the savior of the franchise before that we knew Drew would be. And, um, you know, I think that first year especially, um, he, he really got off to that hot yeah. start and, I, I just think he helped the Saints win a lot of games with his explosive plays. I mean, you look at that Super Bowl year and some of the plays that he made, uh, the touchdown against Miami, that leap, which was incredible, um, the, the punt returns, the big playoff game against Arizona. I, I just think if you look at his highlights for the Saints, he's just got way more memorable plays than Harper. So Captain. I go Bush. Yeah, uh, yeah, I got to go. I got to go Reggie Bush. I got to go St. Reginald. Dave? Well, I mean, I think this has been one of the harder ones we've had. I think this is a close call. It's tough. Um, it is an eight versus a nine. Yeah. Yeah, well, well that, that makes sense. And I'd say uh, in this bracket, you did a good job of, of seeding there, Mr. Juge. Um, but uh, I thought Andrew made some good points. You know, when he first came here, we were all thinking he was going to be the big shot and save the franchise. And Obviously, from a draft value perspective, Roman Harper maybe was a little bit better since he wasn't a second overall pick, and you expect so much from a second overall pick. But I mean, as I look back on it, I kind of, I kind of give Reggie a pass. I mean, I, I just feel like he was going to be drafted. Say, there's no way that the Saints could have possibly just passed on Reggie no. Bush. Every, every, everybody would have said, "You're crazy. You're out of your fucking mind." They said the Texans right. were out of their mind for passing him at one. 
so I mean, it's like and on one hand, the Saints didn't even really draft Reggie. He was he was just bestowed upon them, and they had no other choice but to take him. And so, in that respect, it's just like then you can't fault the guy for for potentially not being as, as uh, you know as amazing as he was billed to be. But um, I, like Andrew said, I, I think we look back and we could probably come up with a couple of games that Roman Harper maybe lost the Saints at some key times late in the game. But I don't, re- I can't really think of anything any time where Reggie Bush lost any games and he certainly did his part to help us win a few. So I think you got to go with Reggie. Yeah. So three, one Reggie Bush. All right, Kevin, Cam Jordan, number four or Zach Streif, 13. Shit. (laughs) What is this? What are the rankings? What and what? Cam Jordan is a four seed. Zach Streif is a 13. Yeah. I feel like that's poor seating. Yeah, I agree. That should be flipped. Yeah. I think that should be flipped. I think. Yeah, I'm I'm leaning Streif on this one. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm going Streif too. I mean, Streif is a bo- is a seventh round pick that if you redrafted. Oh, holy! He, f- wait a minute. He was a Jesus Christ! I can't believe I forgot that. Yes, indeed. He was a seventh Fuck. round pick. If you redrafted the 06 draft, <laughs> Zach Streif would be like, God, he'd probably be. He'd be a first round pick. He'd be like teens. He'd be like yeah. 19, 20 if you, if you redrafted. I, I mean, if you look at the success of all the offensive linemen in that draft, I mean, he, he's probably what, like the third best tackle, fourth best tackle? Yeah. So I'm going Streif, Andrew. Yeah, I mean, when I seeded it, I, I did it pretty quickly. And uh, the main thing for Jordan is he's made a Pro Bowl. And he's the only yeah. defensive player, I think, ever drafted by Sean Payton besides Harper to make a Pro Bowl. Um, so that's significant. And, you know, I, his career is still young. And I think he – I'm hoping that he'll bounce back from a rough season last year. But I, I still think Jordan will have a, a great career, hopefully all, a great career with the Saints. Um, so – I think Jordan at his peak, I don't think Streif has really had a season um, right. that's as good as Jordan's. And so I, you're I going... think, uh, no, I, I think, I think I am going to go Streif just because of the value, you know, yeah. seventh, seventh round. You can't, you can't argue against Dave. It. I mean, Streif was a seventh round pick. He, he could potentially be, uh, you know, I, I could see him making the finals in this, in this whole tournament. Um, you know, Cam Jordan, maybe if he if his career uh, rebounds and 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 goes where we all hope it's going to go, then, you know, maybe he'd have a shot against Zach Streif. But right now you're talking about a guy that was drafted in the seventh round in 2006. And he's one of, you know, a handful of players, probably less than five yeah. that are still on this team and is still starting. You know, he didn't start off as a starter, but uh, he, he earned it and he worked his way up. Uh just by outlasting everybody, and uh, this isn't close. I, I definitely would have flip flopped the seating. Yeah. Either uh, way, he still wins. Andrew, the next one's an interesting one. So that's no. a clean sweep for yeah. Streif, right? Yeah. Do we all do we all agree that Cam Jordan is currently a better player on the team, though? Uh, no? yeah, I would definitely agree with that. I I, I, I think yeah. Cam Cam Jordan is definitely better. I think I think Zach Streif is probably starting on the down. He's on the downward. Yeah, he's on the downtick. But so the next one, Andrew, number five, Thomas Morstead, number 12, Brandon Cooks. Yeah, I think Cooks is maybe seated a little high, but it's based on a very promising first year. And I think we all hope he's going to develop into a monster, especially this year. Um, For me, Morstead's a dark horse to win the tournament. I mean, not not only is he flirting with the best net average in NFL history for a season. I think he holds the record for most touchbacks in a season on kickoffs. Um, so he, he, first of all, he's a dual threat for you. I mean, he's not just a punter. Um, he's an automatic touchback on many kickoffs and he's made a pro bowl. He's, I think the best punter in saints history and better than Tommy Barnhart ever was. So, um, I, this is a dark horse. I mean, he's just a special teamer and you can just say that, you know, that his position maybe doesn't carry the value of some other guys, but uh, they, they got him in what the fifth round. I mean, for me, that was an incredible pick. And, you know, I, I think Morstead's one of Peyton's best. So yeah. Be you, I'm going to say Morstead too. Brandon cooks. He had one good year. I think he's going to, I think Brandon cooks is going to be a number two receiver and be really good. And I think he'll be 
worthwhile of a first round pick. But Thomas Moore said he's one of those rare punters where, and I think I said this maybe the week before when we did when we did his bracket before, the Saints could have picked him in the second round and they'd have been laughed at. But the way his career's gone. He's one of those rare punters where you can go, oh yeah, they picked him in the second or third round. That's okay. That was that was worth it. Like that's how good Morstead is. Uh, Kevin, who you got? I'm going no, uh, Thomas Morstead. Yeah. Dave. Um. Yeah, you, Matt, Ralph, you just mentioned if they had picked him in the second or third round, people probably now that they know what they know, they probably would say, okay, that's a good pick. And the reason they would say that is because punter have such a great effect on the game and nobody really ever notices it or appreciates it. But I mean, Thomas Morstead has single-handedly been in, in, in control of uh, the Saints field position um, in every game he's ever played in since he's been drafted. Um, and yeah. he's been done a damn good job at it. Uh, so punters are people too, man. <laughs> Got to go with Morstead. Kevin, this is pretty easy one, but you get it. Number two, Marcus Colston. <laughs> Number 15, Robert Meacham. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm going to, I'm, I'm taking the man from, uh, from the great football program. That is no more. At, that is no more. Hofstra, the man from Hofstra, uh, Marcus Colston. Yeah, I think Colston's the. I think Colston, if we did Vegas, he'd be he'd be the favorite to win the whole thing. So I'll go Colston. Andrew, who you got? First down, Colston. <laughs> Dave. Um, I'm not voting for him just because he went to Hofstra, which is in my hometown. But uh, I honestly think that Colston is my winner for this entire tournament. So I yeah. think he gets the pass, obviously. All right, this is an interesting one, Andrew. Carl Nix, the seven seed. Number 10, Teron Armstead. Yeah. I mean, the Saints help. Nick's helped win a Super Bowl, and he's been to two Pro Bowls. And I think you could make the argument during that Super Bowl season that it was him and not what, Jari what, Evans, Andrew, who's do you the think, best lineman on the team. Andrew, what, not that, that Carl Nix has had a better career than, than Jari Evans because Jari Evans is – He has played, longevity. Long, yeah. But at his best – yeah. Was Carl Nix's best better than Jari Evans' best? No, that's kind of what I'm getting at. I, I mean, I think Jari Evans if was a better... you would just shut all- the fuck up, Ralph. I think Jari Evans is more of a well-rounded player, but Nix, when the Saints were running the ball, especially with Mike Bell and... But Nix is literally Thomas rounded. And- yeah, I mean, he, Nick's was an animal in the trenches. I mean, he mauled people. And the Saints, I don't think they've ever had a player as nasty, as mean, and as dominant when they were running the football. Uh, I like Tom Teron Armstead. I think he's going to be a great player. Uh, I think you're you're kind of – this is like a thing where are you voting for potential um, yeah. or are you voting for a guy that's done it? And for me, that's why I would pick Nick's. Because I'm pretty I'm – pretty sh- I'm going to vote Knicks too, but I'm pretty sure they're going to the Armstead's going to get a long-term deal from the Saints. So it was it's a really hard call for me, but I'll go Knicks too, Kevin. Yeah, I'm going to go Knicks. Juge just said basically every fucking thing that just needs to be said and that's about it. I mean, yeah. All right, potty mouth Dave. Who you got? Or is he drinking? What Dave, what are you doing? Knicks. I'm, I'm... I'm not doing anything. None All of that noise is coming. I've been a good boy. I've yeah. been a good boy this podcast. Good boy, Dave. <laughs> All right. Ooh, this one's <laughs> interesting. I'm going to give this one to Kevin because it'll be – I'm hoping Kevin is, will take me home with him. This is a, right in your <laughs> – this is right in your wheelhouse, Kevin. Number three, Jimmy Graham. Number 14, Tracy Porter. Ooh, that's tough. Ooh. Wait a minute. Wait. It, you're, it cut out. Jimmy, Jimmy Graham, Graham, number three. 14, Tracy Porter. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay oh fuck me uh... yes mm. Jimmy Graham Jimmy Graham 
Clark, go, 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 uh, go, go make somebody else pick now. Now I'm before I change pick, my mind. I'm gonna pick Jimmy Graham, and it's solely because he was a third round pick, and he got turned into. He was an awesome player, but he got turned into a Pro Bowl center and a first round pick. So that to me sort of breaks the tie, even though Tracy Porter is an immortal. Andrew. Yeah, I'm going Tracy Porter just oh. because if if you uh, take, for example, Steve Gleason, if you're purely looking at stats, he's probably one of, I don't know, the, the bottom tier of Saints players ever. But if you know how he played the game and what he meant to Saints special teams and what he's meant to the city and the organization since then, uh, Gleason's one of the immortals. And so I, I think there's some things where – Graham, as good as he was, he's not on the team any longer, and he never really had the success. He never really, uh, he, he wasn't on the 2009 team, and, um, you know, I, he came very close. I mean, that touchdown that he had against the 49ers was incredible. That that was his shining moment, and unfortunately, Greg Williams had to take that moment away. Um, but that, that, I think if, if the Saints would have won that game and that touchdown would have been the winner, um, then I think Graham maybe is an immortal uh, but he's not. It's Tracy Porter. And, um, you know, it, it's not just the Super Bowl pick six. It's the Vikings game, too. So um, that's why I'm picking him. Dave. Well, you know, Tracy Porter is, well, obviously always be remembered. Um, but well, he was a second round pick, huh? Yep. Yep. Yeah. So, I mean, Graham's Graham obviously was taken to the third. So he was better value. And, you know, Graham wasn't on any of the Super Bowl teams, but I just think from a football standpoint, I mean, obviously Graham's got the, the, the better stats, but I mean, you know, the other thing is, I mean, I feel like Graham kind of changed the game a little bit. He, uh, you know, there was the whole issue with whether he was a wide receiver or a tight end. And that was obviously because they were using him in ways that the NFL really didn't see that often. And I just feel like he had a, an overall a greater impact on not just the Saints and winning games during the time he was here, although not a Super Bowl, but also just in the sport in general. Yeah. I, the weird thing about, about about Graham is I can still remember the first time that he like emerged for the Saints, and it was that on that Monday night game against Atlanta right at the end of 2010. And he just he caught the winning touchdown, but he caught it three or four other passes, and you were like, Oh my God, that guy is just, he looks, he looks different than anything I've ever seen the Saints have. Um, and I truly, I believe that that's one of the underrated things that people forget about. He, I, I want to say he broke his foot or did something against Tampa in that game that the Saints should have sat everybody, but they didn't because they thought they could still get a buy or something. Jimmy Graham got injured. And he didn't play in the playoff game against Seattle. And the Saints couldn't score down at the goal line. Where if they'd have had Jimmy Graham, they'd have probably scored down at the goal line. And it's just one of those things that only I remember. But uh, So what was the vote total on that? Was it 2-2? Three, three, no, 3-1, three, Jimmy three, Graham. 3-1. All right, so our final matchup of this round and this podcast and is Dave... Number six, Jermon Bushrod versus number 11, your boyfriend, Mark Ingram. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> That's a tough one. It is. These are getting hard now. You know, I haven't been voting based on potential and what may come in the future, and I feel like at this point, that's the situation we face here. Jermon Bushrod, I think, was a, a good player for the Saints for a good few years. Um and Mark Ingram really has only had one good season, and it was this past season. So I think I think I'm just gonna have to go with Bushrod. I'm gonna go I'm gonna go Ingram. I feel like Bushrod. He was a nice player, but let's not kid ourselves. Like I mean, he wasn't like Evans or Nick. No, I mean, he, was, he was he was he solid. Was, he a, was not a he was not a Pro Bowl caliber player. He's barely. No. He's a star, he's an average starting NFL player, and he benefited from Drew Brees having a quick release and stepping up in the pocket, and he got overpaid by the Bears. I don't f- like I don't feel like when he left 
people were like, oh my God, he's leaving. Like we were like, eh. like I'm going Ingram. <laughs> I think, I think we, we, we were like, eh, until we realized that Charles Brown was the alternative. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Cause Charles, yeah. Charles Brown when, wasn't even a replacement. When was, when was Bushrod drafted? Oh, 2007, right? Know, what, yeah. what, uh, what, 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 fifth round, around? fifth round or oh. four, fourth or fifth. I mean, the Saints traded up to get Ingram because Peyton's son said he wanted him. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm going to a fifth round guy who I'm was going Ingram. A, damn it. Uh, so, I, I, I think, I think Ingram's going to have a big year. Kevin, who you got? Kevin. Oh. Yeah, this is another. He, takes, this he is always another, takes so uh, long to. Yeah, talk. that makes for a great podcast. Dead air. What is this? Spence build. Uh, Mark Ingram. Ugh. Oof. So on one hand, I, I feel like you've got Ingram, who had a fantastic year, finally lived up to his drafting. Um, but prior to that, for me, has been a bust. Um, Bushrod, on the other hand, I mean, for two or three years was basically useless. I thought I thought he was going to get cut. Then he's a starter, and he actually does pretty well. I never thought he was as good as his Pro Bowl billing. I thought he was a little overrated because I remember how many times the Saints would help him with double teams and chips. Um, he was the kind of the weakest link, I thought, on that line. Uh, but still a good player. Um, I think it boils down to where they were drafted for me, and Bushrod was just much better value. So I'm going Bushrod. So it's 2-2. Two, 2-2, two. Two, two. yep. So put it out there on Twitter. Who's got it? Uh, I'll do it. I'll do it. So, Andrew, start firing okay. off the Twitter questions. All right, hold on a sec here. Let me pull this shit up. No, not even close. So you got the Twitter questions, Andrew? All right. Fire them away. Sorry, Ralph, I didn't have these ready. That's all right. Oh, my goodness. Unbelievable. Still better than me. Unbelievable. All right. First question. Um, How much would you give up? This is from Super Saiyan Saint. How much would you give up for J.J. Watt? <laughs> I'd give I'd give the Texans ser- seriously. I'd give them two number ones and any player that they want that's not Drew Brees. All right, this one's for – I'm going to give this one to Kevin. And, and Kevin. Andrew, he would transform the Saints' defense no matter what they would take. If you gave oh, him yeah. two you, you could get You could give all 11 starters away and just put J.J. Watt on the field by himself, and it would be an improvement. Like the, 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 the Texans could say, look, we want two number ones, a number two, and we want, say, Cam Jordan and J.J. Watt would still make the Saints defense a top 10 defense, I think. But keep going. It's fair. Next question. I think we're lo- – Wait, what? I think we lost Andrew for a second. 2015 schedule. Oh, What's that? repeated. I think you're, you faded in and out, Andrew. Oh, sorry. All right, Dave. Give me your knee-jerk win-loss prediction for the after seeing the 2015 Saints schedule. That's Eleven Dylan, and five. Dylan. Eleven and five. All right, Kevin. Yep. Why isn't everyone on board the L? I'm jumping on it with Ralph. That's from Adam Fashow. Oh, that's a, why isn't everybody on that Lel Collins bandwagon, Kevin? I I don't know. <laughs> great to see, great question to ask me. Yeah, Kevin, what is your? We, we need you to have a uh, an expert opinion on the on, on, All right, on the, an take actual it, expert I'll, opinion on the draft. I'll keep one in the chamber for you, Kevin. Go ahead. Um, thank you. They don't. People aren't excited about a, a guard. Um, because most 
fans don't think, oh, the Saints will pick a guard and he can play tackle too, and it'll give him it'll give him real depth on the offensive line. And they were kind of a disaster last year when Bryce Harris had to play. Like like casual fans don't think that way and it's, it's just not like it's not fun it's more fun to pick Reggie Bush or Cooper or a Beasley who can get sacks like a guard you're like eh, you know so I get I get it I mean that's why that's why they're not on the Collins bandwagon all right Kevin this one's for you and my apologies to you Ralph I know you like fielding the gear fondler questions okay. but uh but but Kevin's gonna get this one Kevin all right should we root for a trade up to get Gregory just to hear Kevin lose his ever loving shit? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> Absolutely not. Like I here's the thing. Okay, I don't know what the hell you guys are doing if y'all are like disassembling an AK forty seven over there. While but, eating cracker uh, jacks. But Oh wonderful. Um yeah. I almost interrupted you from finishing that question because the second you said trade up, I was my brain immediately kicked in to say, nope, 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 nope. But the fact that you finished it with the, uh, yeah, to piss Kevin off. And again, the answer is still nope, but I admire the man's moxie for wanting to at least ask that question. All right. Uh, this is a good one. This is from the Gear Fondler as well. I feel like this is a good one for Dave. Dave, with only three primetime games, is the NFL saying they think the Saints bandwagon has emptied out? Wait, what was that question? He's asking, with only three primetime games, is the NFL saying they think the Saints bandwagon has emptied out? No, that's like more primetime games than half the league gets. And uh, I mean, I think last year, how many did they get? Four? I mean, I think four is, is, a, is a large amount, so three is a very hefty amount. No, I, I, I still think the NFL likes to put the Saints on primetime. All right, Ralph, this one's yeah. for you. Yeah. If the Saints season turns out to be – this is from Chris Boulay. If the Saints season turns out to be hilarious again, which <laughs> game is going to be the most hilarious? The mo- if this, was 2014 hilarious? I, it didn't seem hilarious. <laughs> I wasn't laughing. It wasn't funny. I mean, it was it, it it was it was kind of fun to write the angry, bitter columns after they like got torched by Dallas and stuff. But it gets old after a while, Chris. I'm not gonna lie. Like it's more, it, you know, there's only so many ways you could say that the defense sucks. Um, the the game with the most comedy potential. That's that's a hard one. I I would say. If if Tebow would play against the Eagles, that has comedy potential. Oh man! Or you know, or um, especially if he threw for like 320 yards and yeah. four touchdowns. Oh, that's um, hilarious. I mean, the, the Eagles game has has potential for comedy, but you know, um. I'm gonna th- I'm gonna throw a weird one out here, and and it's uh, the Redskins, because the Redskins are always a dumpster fire. So that could be like high comedy in that, or really really frustrating because the Saints lose to a crappy Redskins team, or it could be super high comedy where the Redskins are just a dumpster fire and the Saints dump truck them, which is always fun on a Sunday afternoon. So I'm gonna say either the Eagles or the Redskins. All right, last question, and I'm gonna. Uh, preface this with uh, with uh, asking Kevin. Kevin, did you have a chance to listen to the draft podcast we did a couple nights ago? No, Kevin's Kevin? gone. Kevin's gone. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, this question was for him, so I don't know if you want to wait. Did you ever get a tweet back on a tiebreaker between uh, Ingram and Bushrod? I did. Bushrod, boom. Wow. Yes. Wow. Yeah. So, actually, let me see. I got a bunch of them. I got to scroll down to the first one. Yep, Bushrod was the first one. All right. So let me let me try held one more time. So this was a this is you got a you got a held question here. I do. Held just texted. He wants you to call him. Yeah. Again. Yeah. Yeah, I hope this podcast records with all the technical issues I have. When we thank oh, everybody for the new computer, it's just we're having some issues. Yep. Yeah, Hal, here you go. All right, here you go, Kevin. 
so first off, did you get a chance to listen to the podcast, the giraffe podcast we did a couple nights ago? I did not. Okay. Thanks well, to the 1,100 people who have downloaded that son of a bitch in two days, by the way. Well, if you had listened, it's almost, you would... it's almost admission, uh, addition by subtraction there. No, that's right. Um, now, if you had listened, you would know that uh, Brian Pavick has a voice that is eerily similar to yours. It is. And for that reason, he asks, Kevin, <laughs> when are you and I having our match for the, quote, held voice? And he claims that's a wrestling joke. Uh, okay. Yeah, I, I called for the hell Brian. I, I uh, well, I mean, Kevin, a couple times during the podcast. Go ahead, Kevin. Uh, yeah, I mean, if you want to take my voice box and put it in a briefcase and you know have a ladder match for the briefcase, I mean, <laughs> I suppose we could do that. That would be good pay per view. I think we. Yeah, should, I think I, I'm voting. I'm voting steel cage. I think we should have held. And Brian call Kevin's mom and see if she can know the difference because it's because cl- it's close on on the Skype on the phone. I think his mom might. It'd be tough, maybe. You know what? I I am liking. I like where your head's at. I think this should be a. a I think this should be a segment. We should ap- We should absolutely try this. Show. I mean, I think. I mean, Andrew, you were on the. It's really close. It's it's close. It's close. So. Anyway, is that that's all the Twitter? Now I'm going to listen to that right after we finish. Yeah, here. it's a good. It was a good. Seriously though, it was a good podcast because Andrew and Brian were were nerding it up on the draft, and they knew the players and stuff. And I was just throwing out like the Kevin Held, Ralph Marlboro draft question of like, I sound kind of possibly like I might have heard of that player, but not really. So it worked out really. It worked out really well. Uh, All right, so just so you guys know, we're, we're down to the Elite Eight in this draft tournament. We've got Jari Evans against – so this is the quarterfinals. Yeah. Jari Evans against Reggie Bush, Zach Streif against Morstead, Colston wow. against Nix, and Jimmy Jimmy Graham against Bushrod. That is oh, – I already know who's making it to the Final Four. Yeah. That's cool. So that will wrap it up. we got let next week – uh, we'll have the, the final draft preview. Uh, go listen to the draft podcast we did this week. Listen to this podcast, of course. I hope I you wish, are. I wish Kevin would wrap it up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I don't have to wrap it up. I don't have to worry about wrapping it up. They're, uh, they they take their own uh, birth control for that. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. Great. So Dave, Dave is on. And what you don't have to worry about diseases. Go to Canal Street Chronicle. No. How are we not sponsored? How are we not sponsored by OK Cupid with the how, amount of free no. pub we give them? I know, Jesus. So go to Canal Street Chronicle, Dave. How much mock draft do you have left? Uh, we're up to like the 21st or the 22nd or oh, something like that. Not, are you no. going to be able to make it? Yeah, yeah, it's timed. So it's go timed to Saints. Right. Go to Saints Nation. Andrew's got. Mock draft simulations and scenarios and all this nonsense. And Kevin, <laughs> Kevin simulates masturbation. Kevin, when he's not, no, when he's not doing <laughs> hill, when he's not doing simulations. Kevin, when he's not tweeting about hillbilly wrestling in St. Louis, is on. So for Dave, for Andrew, for Kevin. Uh, I'm Ralph. For, for the dead body that's getting wrapped up. Yes, for the dead body. Uh, till, till next week, uh, be well.